You know whose game I used to like an awful lot even before he came to Pittsburgh? Jason Zucker. I, I admired him from afar. Obviously, he was in the other conference with Minnesota, but you could see the energy in his play, the skill level, the skating, the commitment, the fire. You know who else's game I've liked for a really long time? Now he's in Pittsburgh. Riley Smith. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Smith is one of 50-plus players currently roaming the ice up in Cranberry as the Penguins prepare for training camp that formally opens on September 21. The Prospects Challenge involving several teams that opens up in Buffalo, New York, gets started this weekend. So a lot of things are starting to feel real. On yesterday's show, I spoke of how even just still images of Eric Carlson skating around in a Pittsburgh sweater are making it feel real. Well, Riley Smith is one of those guys, too. On June 13. Smith had a goal, an assist, and a plus-two rating in 24 shifts in his final game for the Vegas Golden Knights. And you know what he did later that same evening. This is a really, really good player. This is a player, a championship piece. And I'm not just saying that because we just saw him do it. In Pittsburgh, we tend to know what those look like. We know which players are going to participate, which players are going to rise up commensurate with the level of the game. We also know which ones are going to shrink, disappear. Well, for those of you who go way back in hockey, Mike Gartner their way through the playoffs. Smith and Zucker aren't necessarily the most similar players, but Smith is going to be taking Zucker's place in Pittsburgh in pretty much every way. He's probably going to be Evgeny Malkin's left winger. He's probably, no, he's definitely going to be a top six winger, although he is one of those people you could have slide up and down your depth chart because he's so dependable defensively. As I go over his career, and he's had several stops, but the Las Vegas stop was obviously the most significant. I see five seasons in which he topped 20 goals. I see three other seasons in which he'd have reasonably been considered a 20-goal scorer. Two of those were COVID years where he was on way better than a 20-goal pace. And another one, he had 19 goals but missed four games to injury. And let's give the dude the benefit of the doubt that he would have popped one had he played in those four. He's a 20-goal guy. He's 20 in the bank. And you love to have those players. This past season, 26 goals, 30 assists in 78 games, a plus 11 rating. Now, six of those were power play goals, and I always have a hard time picturing any forward who isn't part of the Penguins' first unit getting that many goals. And Ricard Raquel had 10 this past season to lead the Penguins. So I'm not seeing Smith getting six, but he had four shorties, too, for the Golden Knights. 
And he was a regular threat when shorthanded. I don't just mean in terms of scoring. He would lead the rush. He's not one of those guys that's just going to get the puck and bang it up the rink. He's going to skate with it. He's going to threaten with it. He's skilled. He's smart. He's always been mature beyond his years. So now that he's 32, it's just going to be kind of the default mode. He's a coach's dream. And yeah, I know that sounds a lot like Zucker too. If there's a gap between the two, it's going to be that Zucker had the manic energy and everything else here. But there's another variable in play here. And that's that Zucker was hurt a lot. Now, to his infinite credit, he played through stuff that never even made it out into the public. He had that super secret or at least semi-secret stool at the end of the bench that he would sit on at times. And Mike Sullivan, we'd ask Mike Sullivan about it, and he pretended he didn't even know what we were talking about. I didn't see anything like that because they were trying to hide the fact that he was hurting. Well, find some wood to knock on, but Smith has been really durable over the course of his career. He hasn't missed uh, much action at all. He's not as physical. He's not as, oh boy, do you remember Zucker in the playoffs against the Islanders? Just flinging himself all over creation. He did it in the Rangers series too. Just looked as if he was committed to having every shift to be his last. Well, that's not Smith either. He doesn't have a headless chicken mode. But he is going to be a really, really nice piece for this team. And he's not going to let anybody down because there's just no precedent for that, including, and maybe most notably, with his production. When we come back, J1Q. comes from Tom who says, DK, do you ever have a chance, I'm laughing in advance because I can see the whole question, to go and re-watch any old Penguins games. I'm re-watching the entire 2016 playoffs and damn, what an amazing team. Fast, forechecking, fearless. Connor Sherry was unbelievable. Tom, first of all, I am so envious of anyone who has the time to do that because if i had it that's the kind of thing i would do yes i will rewatch old games on the rarest of occasions like it'll be having a copy of a game on my phone and i'll watch it on a long flight well you know which one i watched not that long ago like i'm talking about just within the past six weeks. I don't even remember where I was flying. It might have been Seattle. Long flight. It was the clinching game of the 1987 Canada Cup. And yeah, I'm dating myself and I don't care. You won't find a matchup of extraordinary skill, of outrageous intensity. And then on top of all that, In Canada versus the Soviet Union, such contrasting styles, almost if they're playing two different sports to try to achieve the same result. And again, those of you who go 
back that far with this beautiful game will know exactly what I'm talking about because the Soviets would skate in circles. They would take their time. Everything they did was as a quintet. All five skaters were involved in all motion. If they didn't like what they saw, they would retreat. They wouldn't just fly into a situation and risk losing possession. And no one in North America, not the Canadians, not the Americans, had seen anything like this until the two sides finally began starting to play each other, meaning North America versus Europe. And it was wild back then. And yet, <laughs> that didn't come close to being the most entertaining thing in those games because when you're watching that winning goal, the one that will live on forever as one of Mario Lemieux's more iconic finishes. What Canada was able to put over the boards, Mike Keenan was the head coach. The now tragically late Dale Howarchuk, the greatest player in the history of the Winnipeg Jets, was sent over the boards to take a face-off between Mario Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky. Howarchuk did countless interviews over the course of his life on this subject alone, just about being that guy and how he deferred as he approached the circle, obviously, to either Lemieux or Gretzky, and both of them were like, no, you, you're taking this, and here's what you're doing with it. And sure enough, Howarchuk wins the draw. It goes back to the left boards. Gretzky gets to it. Mario goes up the left boards a little bit, takes the pass from Gretzky, understanding what Gretzky's predominant role always was as the playmaker, even though Mario could do that a little bit himself, he dishes to 99. An incredible show of, I guess you could say humility, but also just awareness, game awareness. He understood that the person, even if it was just by a factor of 0.001%, to take that play into the Soviet zone was going to be 99. So Mario dishes. Gresky carries it up the left side. And Larry Murphy comes flying up the right side, at least as much as Murph could. Wasn't necessarily the world's greatest skater, but he got where he needed to go. And you want to talk about a brain for the game. But he did that with an understanding that Gretzky was going to be looking for 66 because 66 had established himself as a shooter in that series really for the first time in his professional career. Mario became the guy that was going to be the finisher. You weren't going to have any benefit to having multiple playmakers, and that was to Keenan's inestimable credit that he figured that out and put two centers together. The rest is history, quite literally. Gretzky goes back to Lemieux. Lemieux looks over at Murphy. Never was going to pass that puck. Mario's joked about that. Murphy's joked about that. He was never getting that puck. That was always going to be off of Mario's blade and behind the Soviet goaltender, and it was. He just blistered, blistered a wrist shot. Hey, you asked. 
<laughs> that was the last time I did it. It was about a month ago. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins or Daily Shot of Canada Cup or whatever that was. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow.